Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing today, Will? Doing very well, sir. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I'm right now staring at BH90210 on a rundown and thinking yeah. to myself, I thought I had more notes. <laughs> <laughs> I could, like, plug in some space and talk about I, I watched the Deep Space Nine uh, documentary, What We Left Behind, if... It just to get my trek fill in for today. I hadn't done that in a while, so uh, it was a, a great documentary about this show, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, and which to me is like the definitive all-time best Trek series there is. But it was the poor, poor middle child that got stuck in between Next Generation and, and Voyager. But um, yeah, if you haven't checked that documentary out, you should you should definitely check it out if you're a Star Trek fan. When does Picard come out? Uh, Picard is coming out on the CBS Access. Right, but okay, so we don't we don't know for sure what month and day and all I, that. Um, I want to say they had announced a date at San Diego Comic Con, but it's escaping me right now. All right, all right. But well, I can see how you're like in preparation mode for that series for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's I I'm between that and Star Trek Discovery. Uh, definitely this documentary had been something that I've been looking forward to for some time and it finally uh, was released on net, on Amazon so I was able to catch it this weekend and as I said if you're if you're a Star Trek fan in particular if you're a Star Trek D Space Nine fan you should you should definitely check it out because it uh, it, it, it it's a love letter to the series so so did you watch BH90210 this week I, I did yeah, and it was really about the pitch, so it was about Tori trying to be her dad, essentially, and get the cast all on board, and how some of their, originally they were against it, and and thinking about some of the choices they've made of late, they come around to the idea, of course, with their own demands. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, and then at the end, there's a very creepy... Um, thing going on with an obsessed fan and some dolls being delivered. Of course, they are taken apart, and and it kind of was like a um, classic '90s soap opera end scene, in my opinion. Yeah, very, very much so. And this the, the stalker element was just super, super creepy because I mean, this guy we first saw him, I guess, teased. In the audience last week on the on the I won't I, got, I guess I won't say pilot but I guess on the first at the reunion at the convention and then this week he was showing up and he had got somehow gotten uh, Brian Austin Green's uh, wallet and had all this like driver's license and found out where he lived and then he was videotaping Lala uh, and and Brian in a fight over him. Over her, like helping him get cast in a in a in a film that she was in, and obviously he was just very pissed off about that. And so yeah, it was that whole stalker element. I uh, it is a very classic nine hundred two one zero kind of story trope there, as far as trying to take some real life example and, and weaving it into the show. Yeah, I initially thought he was just stalking Brian Austin Green mm-hmm. because they kept tying 
Like all of the, anytime he would come up, it was like he was staring at Brian Austin Green and nobody yeah. else. And so when all of a sudden all of the other characters started getting the dolls, I was like, oh, okay. Then then why why in the previous episode did it make it allude to like there was something else? Like I was thinking long lost kid (laughs) (laughs) yeah an affair from back when he was on set and it's somebody's child and it's going to be a big reveal and i guess that's not the case i will say though that the funniest line that occurred in my opinion was was like when they were talking at the end about everybody's demands and they were they were doing their community service and Kelly reveals that her daughter is going to be on the revival and and Ian is just like well <laughs> you know that never works well when you bring family and have your kids act on the show and Tori's just like I'm right here. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great moment. Yeah. Yeah. That that definitely stood out to me as well in the in the episode. And also other uh, thing that stood out speaking of Tori was and going back to the creepy stalker element, which sort of was interwoven throughout it, it, the the guy who like bought the bought the dress and they were in court and not only did he uh, he, he get the dress back, but he wanted it uh, as worn, not clean. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this episode had that vibe going throughout it as far as like weird creeper stalky things that that happen with with fandom. So uh, it's um, yeah, I'm really I know folks were split on the revival and I know the the audience numbers like dropped way off from the, the first week and I don't know if it's because folks are just pissed off because it's not a pure 90210 uh, re, re, reboot whatever you want to call it but I, I'm, I'm, I'm really liking this series and it's just uh, as, as things are winding down this summer and uh, it, it's a good it's a good little little like breath mint to, to, to keep you going I watched the season three finale of The Handmaid's Tale this week. Mm. And it, it again, and this is like the third or fourth time this season where something happens on the show. Like there's a scene in particular um, and it, I'm not going to do spoilers, but it it triggered like almost tears. Like I was so moved by what was happening. And the funny thing is, is people are quick to assume that, oh, well, something really sad is happening. Actually, that's not the case. And all the moments that have really brought me to tears, it's not something sad. It's actually bittersweetness where there are some some optimism. There is people who get saved and people who get out of Gilead. Um, but it all comes with a cost. Mm-hmm. And it also all, like, good things happen, but you can't save everyone. And sacrifices occur. And there's there's just so many layers. So to go from watching that yeah. to BH9021, it is, like, exactly what you're saying. It's a good, it's something that you can literally just watch for the sake of watching and have yeah. in the background. Mm-hmm. Not feel like you have to overly pay attention, but also it just is so meta that it's fun and light and yeah allows you to just realize like not everything is dire yeah yeah and it, exactly and it, it, this show you know things come on tv or things happen at, at the right time and and 
really the show. I'm glad they waited to drop it at the end of the summer, sort of a bridge to close out the summer before we get into the fall schedule, because it really is like a, just a very lighthearted. Yeah, it's very like it's a very meta. All the points you just made, and I, it's I, I do look forward to it. I mean, just like I, the, one of the other funny things whenever I was uh, watching an episode, and when when Christina. Elise walks out as their uh, as their uh, producer Emily Valentine, and uh, I was like, "Damn, she's channeling." I was like, "I never realized how much she and Pink like are like doppelgangers." Oh. <laughs> so, so who is Emily Valentine? I have so, no idea yes. why that's relevant. So she was on the show, uh, I think maybe first or second, I think second season, when they were still in high school. And she was Brandon's love interest. Okay. okay. And so, so she, yeah. So I think I can't remember if it was because I know they had like a lot of summer episodes, summer seasons back in the day. And uh, so, yeah, Brandon and Emily were uh, were were an item, and um, yeah, and the rest of the gang, if I recall, did not like her much at all. So that's why they had all that tension and stuff when she walked into the room. I just feel like I'm seeing a whole new side of you when we talk about this show. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, well, this was like a while back and Will in his younger days. And it's just yeah. really funny to me. Yeah. Um, so, oh, gosh. Yeah, that, that kind of threw me for a loop. Something yeah. I will say about the show is as much as we're saying it is light um, and very carefree and funny, I also don't skip things. Very much. Like, there's maybe one storyline that I really have no investment in, and I might speed it up. I might just watch for the sake of it. Um, But another show that we're talking about today, Pennyworth, I I still, I I see your point about episode three, and I did watch episode four, and... And they are very much part one and part twos, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I see your point about the addition of Martha Kane, Kane mm-hmm. and how she kind of ties into, no, this is about Alfred and how he gets involved with the Waynes and how he ends up in Gotham and everything. But there's still 20 to 40% of the show that I skip over. Mm. And I'm not just talking about Esme stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I really am not. There's a BDSM scene that I'm just like, what? Yeah, well, Why? See, it's it's unnecessary. Well, that was a backdrop to more of Bette Sykes and her sister uh, really getting into their... Well, one just showing how messed up Bette is and, in the head. And, I mean, the BDSM stuff in the background, it was it was showing yeah they they are you know there are levels of kink and some other weirdness in the show but it was but it wasn't like driving the story in that point it was more that and her sister really well well, part of it was exploring bet's fascination with esme and then also using that as a vehicle to to show how her sister is just trying to keep her keep her head in the game and in line as far as being useful to the to the Raven Society. Yeah, but I mean, I actually maybe if I had watched those scenes, I would have understood that. But because I 
I was so distracted by everything else that was going on and just how unnecessary it felt. Like I watched Billions. Billions has a whole arc about BDSM. I understand it and what it can do to characters, um, but it doesn't feel unnecessarily used. Like there's a way for them to get across that, you know, Beck grew up with a sister who's a little bit more crazy probably than she is. And so that's why she operates the way, and that's where her obsession with Esme comes from, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, and you know, what really when it really clicked that it was unnecessary was the moment then they killed Esme. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, you have this whole arc about how Bet is still obsessed with Esme, pretty much in love with her, and so she's going to go stalk her. And then at the end of the fourth episode, they kill her. Yeah. So so why waste all this time on on yeah. Bet when in the end like her whole tie-in to Alfie is going to get shot in the head or strangled. I don't strangled. Yeah. Some bleeding. I don't I don't really know. Yeah. 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 She was strangled and I guess there I guess there was some blunt force trauma that caused some bleeding, but uh, you know, I I see your point that it was just kind of a non sequitur for you, and it definitely took you out of the out of the show. Uh, it didn't really it when I when it, when I was watching the scene, it was kind of like, oh, okay, it was just kind of there for me. It didn't really it, it didn't. It, 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 if anything, it struck the curiosity in me for like why. Is this relevant to anything other than that these people are are saddest and you know have some power and and control issues that they want to uh, have and uh, and also just you know again just that weird element of kink and weirdness that they try to that they are trying to establish in this in this universe uh, but I didn't it didn't really take me out of the show so much and. And honestly, the the fourth episode, I, I by the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm locked in. I, I'm, I, I am in, I am engaged in the series now, uh, just because I, I I liked the. As I mentioned last week, with the third episode, with the introduction of Martha, it just adds a a greater, and a deeper element to this show, and that yes. At the end of the day, it's yeah, it's a tie-in to to the Batman and all that kind of stuff. But for me, I, now watching this show, and I know you, you had put it into the in the show notes uh, how it has that Mission Impossible element and feel mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm starting to focus in on now. I mean, I could really care less now about okay, yeah, this is a Batman prequel or, or Batman tie-in or whatever. I'm watching it now for the story about how. Martha Kane and Thomas Wayne and, and Alfred are are well and in particular Martha how she is with this no name league which basically I think is just a stand in name for the CIA or or something like it in in this alternate universe and the spycraft and how like in the third episode when she uh, played off like she was a lawyer walking into to the, the jail cell and you know, effectively carrying it off, even though she's she's a journalist, and and as some of the other spycraft workies that were going on, in particular to, to save the um, in the third episode to s- save this young uh, codebreaker from 
uh, for some trumped up charges on, on homosexuality and using and, and, and trying to rescue this guy because they need him to serve this no-name league that is you know, critical to helping to keep the British Empire and, and whatever world order that's going on. So for me, those are the things that are pretty intriguing about the show that uh, I've, like I said, I've got, I'm just looking past all the Batman stuff now and really just judging it for those kind of things. Yeah, I I agree. Martha really came in at the right time to make me more curious. Um, I'm still pretty much only curious about her and Alfred and Thomas Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Everything else I could care less about. um, I really have no interest in. Um, the, The interesting thing about her is... Watching the third episode, I, I added to my notes, and thus the Martha Kane, Alfred Pennyworth fan fiction begins. I'm only joking, or am I? Um, because I didn't think they were going to go there. And then the fourth yeah. episode happens, and they go there. Yeah. And so at the end of the series, will it be revealed that Alfred is really Bruce Wayne's father the whole time? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's what I want to know too. Actually, I thought that as soon as I saw your notes, I'm like, it's "Yeah, just, I'm thinking that too." It's a little strange, and even if even if that doesn't happen, there's something about it though that is kind of um, odd. I don't know because I think it would have been more interesting had they not grade that line. Um, considering what ends up happening to that family and Alfred along with it and what purpose he serves like after both Martha and Tom are dead. So it's just, it kind of, I don't, I don't know. There, there's something about it where it was funny in the third episode, I was rooting for it. And then when it happened, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I didn't even there, see that. Yeah. there was one, there was one scene between Thomas and and Martha, and it was a good scene, but I also didn't see the romance there. Right. Um, but in watching them, and to your point about the whole Mission Impossible and CIA stuff, you really start to put together in your mind, this is, this is why Bruce is the way he is. I mean, mm-hmm. now that we're understanding his parents more, mm-hmm. um, him and his detective side, the way he, his viewpoint of the world and being a hero starts to make a lot more sense that like, yeah, yeah, he was a byproduct of uh, these two people. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's actually, you know, I hadn't really thought of it that about that until you brought it up. But I think that actually is a very smart and a very understated way that the writer's of the show and this whole the whole premise of having a Pennyworth show can really explore Bruce's parents beyond them just being murdered and being the catalyst that causes him to become Batman. And yeah, so I, I think you're right. It does give us a, a glimpse into his world, that, at least at the time that he had with his parents, why he is why he is the way that he is. Yeah, and also why Alfred stays and takes care of him and remains loyal and remains that in that position especially one of my favorite lines in this show was when alfred was explaining what his commander would tell him out on the field one don't be a hero two 
stay away from heroes. And I'm like, yeah, if you follow, if there is an arc that's like, as much as Alfred knows to survive, he should stay away from the Waynes. There's something that's going to happen that really makes it like, no, this is my purpose. This is what I have to do. And this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a, what is that called with this, with this, the soldiers, um, the service. It's going to tap into his need to serve others. Yeah. Yeah. His altruism. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm going to stay on it watching a few more episodes. Um, you're going to have to fill me in on probably like 40% of what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, the other, the other thing, too, that uh, before we move on, uh, that I've really liked what they have addressed in this show. And, if, and we've seen it with other superhero shows that we've watched of late, is the, uh, it's the whole re- realm of the PTSD mm. and and particular Alfred and also Alfred's com- comrades uh, in arms that the, the the flashbacks that he has and so I and how they how they deal with it uh, like when they had the scene where they had the accidental shooting which happens a lot in this show <laughs> by the way uh, people getting blown heads blown off by accident but that being said uh, with his two mates and, and one person keeps it under control. The other person is very reckless. Uh, and, and, and Alfred kind of splits it down the middle and, and the way he deals with it is, is trying to not resort to violence. And, and, and that's sort of his, his go-to move with uh, whenever he, in the third episode, when he was dealing with the Raven society, when they were trying to uh Take the take the the code breaker. I'm about to, I'm about to call him Alan Turney because I'm thinking about the uh, about the British code breaker who. Yeah. yeah, I I totally think that was like a homage to yeah. that, and I kept thinking, okay, did they already say this character's name? Did I miss it? Because this is exactly what they described occurred during the imitation game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but Al, but Alfred, yeah, and and I'm I'm glad they did that little homage to that because i think it definitely shows the it it gives again the underpinnings of the britannia society that alfred lives in and you know taking real world events and and twisting them to this fictional universe uh with this raven society and and also the police telling alfred to stay away from basically doing anything that is going to um uh, that get him gets him in trouble, which could could which I think ultimately led to Esme's death. Uh, when we saw that in episode four, with whenever they were out in the in the in the crazy town, and uh, he goes to this his move, which his move is bluffing. I mean, Alfred is like the ultimate bluffer <laughs> as far as get bullshit in his way to 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 get to what he needs. I mean, he did it. You know, each episode there's been an example of that. In the third episode, it was with the with the Raven Society and, and getting the scientists away and onto the plane, basically pretending he was going to kill them and they wouldn't be able to solve their mission. And then in the fourth episode, he does it to to make his way to to the leader of the current leader of the Raven Society. Mm-hmm. And uh, so those those are the those are the little pieces and things, as I said, that I think what I was keeping me engaged in this show, because I, I, 
full, and maybe it's because I do have uh, I do like spycraft and thrillers and things like that because that um, uh, keeps keeps me keeps me keeps me interested in it. Yeah, and I think, especially considering I watched the first, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of Mission Impossible Fallout recently, like just yesterday, (laughs) Um, and then I stopped because I was like, I don't care at all. So it's maybe it's a genre thing where that's never really appealed for me, so it's hard for me to um, stay engaged if that's really, like, Krypton is more of a science fiction based show even though it has the comic book tie-ins and elements and then pennyworth it may be more classified as spy thriller even though it has its own comic book elements as well yeah yeah and i and i, and I, and I think about back to about a year ago this time when we were also talking about jack ryan and it was the same we we're having the same kind of dynamic yeah yeah exactly no yeah. that makes that makes a lot more sense what doesn't make sense is how Season two of Krypton aired its finale and then immediately gets canceled by sci-fi. Yeah, that's some bullshit. And And there was no conclusive ending, which is really irritating. Yeah, and I, you know, thinking about the 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 cancellation, I I threw a prep today for our show, and I I came across uh, a thing, a tweet where Sci-Fi Channel had actually. Renewed the show for a second season on the day of the finale for the first season. So uh, I was like, damn, you know, the tea leaves were there. The signs were there, so unfortunately. Uh, but I just, I guess I was so wrapped up in the story, I just completely missed it that they hadn't announced the renewal. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time this has happened to us, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like other people have told us about shows that that get canceled prematurely. And we're like, oh, yeah, we, but we're not watching that one. But now yeah. now to be in this position, it's it's hard because it's, it's actually a really well done finale. Mm-hmm. It wraps up pretty much the major arcs of the season. And what I especially thought was interesting was how... I didn't see it coming until the end, what they were doing with Nyssa, because the first few, like, first act is really much centered around her and Adam and her getting the Zeta Beam to go off to find Jor-El and ending up on, initially, I thought she went into the future where Zod had attempted to take over Earth and then... Um, and she sees the consequences of that. But it was kind of like a bait and switch because by the end of it, it's revealed that no, 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 it's really Brainiac and Jorel who are headed that way. Yep. And again, this is very much a what if series. So, like, Jorel under the influence of Brainiac um, would assume that all powerful being that superman is only um evil so it would kind of be like that what if since but but i have to say my favorite part was the ending because yes i did immediately think of labyrinth (laughs) it's just with something about that with all the planets and the globes and and there was a baby and a creature and (laughs) and the creature was telling it my son you need to sleep and i'm just like this is labyrinth he's a baby snatcher (laughs) 
Yeah, that's I saw. Yeah, when you when you sent that tweet, I was just like, yeah, Sarah, Sarah, like, you know, perfectly as you always do, perfectly sums up the mood in the chef. <laughs> it can be really difficult sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> it's just so natural. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but it, with Nissa's arc, yeah, that was. Um, that was, it was a good bait and switch, and and also it ended up, and that's what pisses me off about. And I really hope, even though it probably won't happen, I do hope some, you know, either DC Universe or HBO Max picks it up. Is that art? I mean, they they tease so two possible things in this is going to ran. Mm-hmm. One, you had the the battle, clearly a battle that happened between the the folks of ran. And, and, and Thanagar, which is, you know, again, from the comics. I mean, there was an epic war, and and you, we, we saw the parademons flying up above us. Mm. Okay, okay. So you know more about this stuff than I do. Now, so, but that was an Omega symbol yes. written on, okay. Right, but the Omega symbol, here's the other thing. Oh. Here's the other Here's the other possible oh. outcome. Dark side. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I mean that's what that's what's so I mean that's what I loved about the show it was take bringing in and, and even like as the evening was uh, as I was watching it uh, Wednesday night live tweeting with it from our show account with other you know other fans were bringing up good things about where are the guardians where are the Green Lanterns because you know it was sector eight eight one two four and so that's a that's a call what a out. bunch of nerds yeah we are but but my Go point ahead. is bringing bringing all these elements up is. This show was really, this season in particular, had really started to expand the DC universe in this show. And and, and even though we, you can, one of the things that was successful about Krypton is you could take the, the, the person who it's about and kind of put him on the shelf and really build a strong universe around all of his backstory and, um, and, and, and have a successful at least for us folks who watched it, series. Well, I'll admit it. This is the most interested I've been in in into Superman since my dad showed me the Reeves Superman films yeah, way back yeah. when. Yeah, so he's yeah. he's never been like my favorite character, but I feel like watching this show, I'm so much more invested into that universe and understanding. Yeah. Um, and and it shouldn't be that surprising if we really think about it, because what this show is doing especially this season and if it ever gets picked up and can really expand upon is focusing on not only SAG, but the villains that we know Superman comes across Mm -hmm. and fleshing out those characters, because I feel like that's always been the hard part for um, Superman films is the care, the villains never feel they feel very much um, like they're the stereotypes Mm-hmm. villain as opposed to three-dimensional characters in this episode in particular the alpha and the mega you have sag and um drew drew zod come face to face and yeah. it's it is about drew trying to to save krypton but there's also a struggle between father and son and 
And he ultimately, and I saw it coming, gets the Black Mercy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's a fate worse than death, in my opinion. Yeah. And and I guess at what point do you say um, that's child abuse? Because at one point, he's not only fighting Seg, but he's also fighting Lyda. And I'm just like, whoa, 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 parents yeah. teaming up on their kids. Um <laughs> Are, are they going to talk about maybe they shouldn't have sex in the future so then Drew Zod doesn't get born? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just saying. Yeah, just saying. I mean, can we? Un- you can still unring that bell. <laughs> Is anybody going to ever send Drew Zod back to what time he came from, considering implications? Um, and they kind of hinted that about that at the beginning with Adam talking about the Zeta beam where he's come to a point where he can't he's not going to make that choice to go back and try to regain ability to use his legs because every time you change time there's consequences Barry Allen are you listening I I know I (laughs) I'm pretty sure like they did something (laughs) seriously (laughs) um so so it's just uh, and then and for all the good it did, um, there were some s- weird things that went on. Um, and really why I think the show got canceled is because um, Jaina and Dev had a kiss. And yeah. it was really weird and awkward, even though I've kind of been thinking that that was coming this whole season because of yeah. the way she always looks at him. And I'm like, but he yeah. was your daughter and you literally wanted him to marry your daughter yeah that that was that was kind of creepy I, I i did joke i was like yeah yeah oh the saw the ship coming i mean we we, we kind of like talked about whether or not that was going to happen a few uh, a few weeks ago uh particularly that scene where they were they huddled together in the um in the bed in the bed yeah and I and I think I was of the opposite opinion. No, that's I was like, well, you know, they're just trying to. He was in a, you know, they were both in a very vulnerable spot or whatever. But yeah, that's that's how it starts. <laughs> Apparently, I mean, yeah. we only saw what the cameras were, when the cameras were rolling. That's all I'm yeah. saying. They yeah. could there could have been some some foreplay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. But they discover Doomsday is now a capsicle. Thank you very much. Um, and and correct me if I'm wrong. He was in that state when they first revealed Doomsday in season one. He he was he was, but he was in the vault that was control that was that the House of El and Zod built to to store him because they realized that they had created something they couldn't control. Right. So how do you think he went from being on a planet on a moon that got exploded mm-hmm. to being on Krypton and again buried in the ice? That was, I guess, whenever Val had talked about some, when they had that scene where they were talking about fragments from Wekthor and having some heat signatures like and they went to go investigate that's it somehow i mean doomsday is just indestructible mm-hmm. and so yeah so that signature that they saw in that um fragment of the moon basically was, was him mm. 
I guess uh, by that point, I was waiting for my big twist to occur. I mean, they had just done the Black Mercy, mm-hmm. and then the Resistance end up, ends up winning the war, mm-hmm. and suddenly they discover Doomsday is the capsicle. So my mind was like, okay, is this where timeline or changing time has consequences? Where yep. There was some re-rendering, and then there was some. I mean, I'm I'm always the first one to call out Val, but Val also was very confusing, and I could have sworn they were about to reveal he was a Cylon, um, <laughs> but instead they just revealed Lobo. But what they did was there was a scene where point blank he's offered something to drink, and he says, "No, I don't drink." Right. The very next scene, he's drunk. Yeah, yeah, I think Adam got to him. But it doesn't. I know it's an inconsistency. No, no, it's and I'm not and I'm not saying that. I'm saying there's something else going on because for a moment there, I also was like, wait, did Lobo slip something in everybody else's drinks or something? Because everybody was acting really strange while Seg and Lobo were having their conversation, and it almost felt like they were not aware Lobo was in the room. That's true, because no one really acknowledged it. Because you would thought, you would think Adam in particular would have like said something, given I that mean, they were they together had, on Kalu. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they had an affair on Kalu. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Well, yeah. So you know, was, you know, threesomes. You know, Seg and, and Brainiac had their things, so there was no room for for Bobo, unfortunately. Okay, <laughs> I was so happy with that line. From Lobo, because we were spot on with yes, our whole were. theory that, I, no, yeah. there was a, an affair between Seg and Brainiac. And yeah. all this is, is a bunch of heartbroken soulmates, not together deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one, my friend. That, that fanfic was like, you're shipping it hard, and uh, the, 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 the showrunners found out. <laughs> it was like, they like... I, I like, wasn't even so, shipping it. I was just calling a spade a spade. Yeah, they had some intimacy. They did. They did, and they called. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I, I literally, I was like, fell out. I was like, fell out of my chair with glee when I heard that line because I was like, yeah, we we we, we saw that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I going into the episode, I thought the best line would have been, "You are not Superman." No, 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 no. <laughs> Only Lobo talking about the relationship between Seg and Brainiac while they were inside each other. Yep. <laughs> His words, not mine. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, granted, Brainiac's final line of like, sleep by child for when we reached our de- destination, you will be God amongst men. And then my son, that was also, which brings me to one of my last points about this episode is, yes, it's called Alpha and the Omega, and you you see the Omega um, sign alluding to um, Dark Side. But I also think that in a way they were, they didn't want to call it fathers and son Mm -hmm. sons, but it's very much about that. It's very much about SAG. I mean, for, for this entire season, Druzad has been in control. The son um, really taking that power and that ability and then being taught a lesson by his father. Mm-hmm. And and the whole thing between uh, Brainiac and Drew, Drew, 
Drew Zod, which I also like how how Lobo says that's a stupid name. Yep, it was great. I mean, it, it's like that was perfectly executed. Bring how they brought Lobo back into the fold. One, you know, it, everything everything about that scene from the fact he's pissing on the wall to like he turns around and this whips out his weapon still hanging out. And grew it myself, and which is a good callback to earlier in the season when last we saw Lobo, he was growing back, and and just everything about that whole dynamic there with with Lobo uh, was was perfect. Yeah, and and of then of course they cancel the show. They cancel the show. Yes, <laughs> you have perfection, and then they cancel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it was a perfect setup for the spinoff. I mean, it, it was just so many things there, and and yeah, it, yeah, they they get they go and cancel the show, and it it, it really is disappointing. Another thing before we before we wrap up for today that I, that I uh, definitely have to looking back on the season as a whole, and. And also, just want to also throw out to you. Uh, want to do if we if we were to get a season three, we should theory spiral as far as what what what, what would we put into a season three? Uh, one of the things that I liked that they did throughout the season was it was Seg always doing homages back to to the former actors who played Superman. And and I know we talked about it last week, but I I, I still love that moment where they were. Sod and Seg had the had the showdown, and it's like General, would you care to step outside? And yeah. and and Zod's face. I mean, Colin Salmon just played that perfectly. Like he, you know, he saw that that moment of like ah, you know that I've heard this before, <laughs> kind of thing. And I, I really enjoyed that moment. And and also, you know, hat, hat tip also to Supergirl. They also had that. Uh, Whenever Kara fought over girl, she she borrowed her cousin's line that time. So mm-hmm. it's uh you know it's just uh nice little touches that this this that this show has done to to honor the the legacy of of, of Superman up to this point and and really expand on that universe. I I don't know if I can um, spiral because. <sighs> I honestly don't know enough about this whole um, franchise to really be able to tie in. Like, I didn't make the dark cut side connection. That's very, and now I'm like, ooh, ah. I will say I did have one thought while watching the season finale that in season three, considering Bereniac and Jor-El are on their way to Earth, will it be more about Adam recognizing some of those consequences by him going back Mm -hmm. and also seeing what, like, I mean, there's already a big time difference right now going on where, um, what, we're 200 years in the past, 300 years Mm -hmm. in the past. So it's not about going to Earth in modern times. It's about going to Earth in historically um, so of course, there's going to be a crossover with Pettyworth, or no, that's not far not enough a, back. Not far enough back. Actually, it's more like gods among men. I mean, you're, you're talking the the Greeks and yeah, and antiquity. So, which which is again another very ingenious thing that they did there because uh, it, it, well, it, it, 
it could be one of two things. I mean, Jor-El could be very benevolent, or or Brainiac will use this as an opportunity to to bring out the the evilness of Zod, I mean, of, of Jor-El, uh, such that uh, it 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 completely alters history again, such that I mean, Krypton will still meet its ultimate fate, and and now. Um, you know, it'll be Jor-El who will be the one who is who's carrying out the destiny of, of Kal-El. But mm-hmm. if, if assuming that is, if it's uh, Brainiac's going to have benevolent means about him, or is it going to be another, or you know, or is Jor-El going to be evil? I mean, right. those are those are the things that opens up so many doors, and and again, getting into the larger DC universe. Uh, bringing into some of the other nerd brethren who know this universe a lot better than us, and the references to the Green Lanterns and others. I mean, will they intercede and intervene to to help get things back on track the way that they should? I mean, we're talking about space travel right now, so I'm I'm sure that that is possible and potentially a way to go with it. I mean, it's not currently being done with the CW network, so nope. uh, so that that should be fine. Um, I also think that because the setup for the third season is really about Seg and Lobo teaming up to go find Jor-El, Nyssa, and Brainiac, really understanding why Lobo's after Brainiac, Mm -hmm. getting that backstory, having, like, earlier this year we had a Doomsday um, backstory play out. Uh, we we don't need one for Drew Zod. We all have seen the movies, right. <laughs> um, yep. but Lobo, yeah, I think understanding that and and getting more information about Brainiac, where he comes from, and and who knows. But I, there really is a lot of different things they can be doing, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was already in the works. But I'm also not getting my hopes up because it's canceled. Right uh, yeah, 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 and I, I've been. It's canceled. I've, I'm glad so many folks are like save, you know, putting the save hashtag Krypton out there and stuff. But I mean, I it's just it's we need it just sooner. I mean, the 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 final episode. If I when I was looking at some of the numbers, I, mean, I think it was under half a million people watched it. I think it was like 350 thousand live watchers. And obviously, we factor in DVDs and and DVRs and other secondary sources. I mean, it probably only will go up, you know, maybe 400 or so. So, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know if it was just bad timing as far as having a show return into summer. I mean, it was great for us because it gave us a lot of good content. No, I I think it has to do with the DC streaming um, because there's no way if this show had had the launch on it um, where it was not on sci-fi, but on the DC universe app um, that they would cancel it just right. because they renewed Titans. If you renewed yeah. Titans, then you should probably renew Krypton. Just yeah. saying. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, and I'm hopeful that, that the DC universe picks it up because I think it is, I mean, they're already are reshowing season one on that network. Clearly season two will be on the streaming app. Uh, it, it, it the great thing about the DC universe, it it, it is free to take cr- creative chances, just like Krypton did, even though it was on cable. But I think even more, 
as we saw with Doom, with Doom Patrol and, and, and Titans and even Swamp Thing before it had his weird demise, which you know I don't think we'll ever get the full the full correct story about that. But uh, I, I'm, I'm very hope I, I hope that the the show does at least get at least one more season to to, to wrap things up. I know they were hoping to do a full seven with seven seasons arc, but at this point, I'll just be happy with this one to just wrap things up. And I mean, we've, we've seen it happen. I mean, Legion got, uh, well, not Legion, uh, Lucifer got picked up by Netflix and was able to finish things out, but an expanse on that, on Amazon. So, uh, it is possible. So hopefully, hopefully we will get some good news this week or over the next and that DC universe or someone's picked it up. All right, and on that note, Will, where can our listeners follow you? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can follow me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.